0: Let's get ready for some Wheel Nerds. Hi folks, welcome to Wheel Nerds. I'm Todd. And I'm Chuck. We're back for another week of annoying you talking about <laughs> motorcycles. <laughs> yeah, but well, it's fun though.
1: Yeah, and yeah. And we've got, uh, we got some stuff to talk about today.
0: Yeah, today we have some good stuff to talk about. We've, uh, we've just come back from a test ride on the Piaggio MP3. Yes, which is pretty sweet. Chuck bought an indie rock CD right afterwards. I liked it so much,
1: he's he's officially a hipster now. I've got these uh, skinny jeans on. I think they're they're making me look pretty pretty stylish. I got I got to tell you, those things are kind of scary. <laughs> be glad this isn't TV. <laughs> I feel younger and and hipper. Mm. Mm. That comes across. Yeah, I think uh, I think chicks will dig me now. It could be. Nah. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So. Um, We'll
0: talk about the Piaggio MP3 for our ride today. Um, we'll have more dramatic readings from the Touratech catalog.
1: And they're, they'll be especially appropriate today, thanks to our, our main topic. Yeah, we're going to talk about big trips, because it is getting to be about that time of year. The big yearly trip. Mm-hmm. Or as I like to call it, the man ride. Yeah. <laughs> That's... Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I started calling it. Mm-hmm. The man, getting away, driving, riding mm-hmm. as men. Yep. Smelling... Farting, drinking beer, Mm -hmm. attempting to start fires that don't burn. (laughs) It's true. (laughs) but yeah so it's it's time of year for big trips so we're going to talk a
0: bunch about uh you know big trips because uh we've got uh slow Road to Durango
1: coming this year, yes um we're looking at a few other options, aren't we for rallies and junk huh yeah we're we're thinking of going to the rally as uh, as the wheel nerds and, and covering the big rallies. That's where we wear our giant plush wheel nerd costumes with the funny heads. you know, I'm thinking of
0: stenciling wheel nerd on the back of the suit. In white. I was actually thinking it would be really cool if we had, like, wheel nerd patches
1: for, like, the arms of the suits or something like that. Yeah. It would be intensely dorky. You, I, I'm, I, my friend and I made those jackets for Man Ride last year. You know, that's a good point. Your arts and with craft the skills are exceptional. With the big cartoon skull and stuff. We had people asking us about that. We, rode, we, we wore that the whole time we did the Man Ride. People were like, are you in a gang? <laughs> a cop asked us that. Really in uh, in Eureka, Nevada? Yeah. Wow. Cop is just like, what's with the jackets? What, what are you guys part of a club? <laughs> You're like, no. We were caught a little flat-footed because sure, it's cop. He's got a gun. Yeah. And we're in a small mountain town. The only, mm-hmm. I guess, maybe the only mountain town in <laughs> if Nevada. you disappear, will anyone be able to find you? <laughs> oh no, they're all mountain
0: towns in Nevada.
1: Are they? Yeah, Nevada is nothing but mountains
0: and flat desert. We saw a lot of the flat desert. Yeah, we only hit the one mountain town. Yeah, yeah. Sometime we'll uh, we'll we'll talk about the geology of Nevada, but not today.
1: No, because <laughs> you know. Yeah, but yeah, the the big trip, and really. You know, when you buy a motorcycle, I think everyone goes through this. They buy the bike and they just dream of the trip. Yeah, the, the trip you're going to take on the bike. You're going to. The, the one I always dream of that I still haven't
0: done is I want to go back home to Vermont and show up on my bike and, you know, like see all the things I used to recognize from a bike. And i be like, it's Todd! And he's on a bike! We were wrong! He was cool after all!
1: And then you wake up? <sighs> crying. Yes. Curled in a little ball. Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, with my blankie. I've got that dream, mm-hmm. <laughs> and it, for some reason in my dream it, it's still you. I don't, I don't get it. That's really weird. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> oh well. Yeah. So yeah. big trips, the big, the big trip. Yes. So you know, this year we're talking about the, the road to Durango. Mm-hmm. We're talking about maybe hitting um, the rally in the gorge in uh, Washington. That's in July, mm-hmm. which is a dual sport rally. Yep. So it'll be a bunch of middle aged men on BMW GS's. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And a guy with a beret.
0: Yeah, there's a guy with a beret that they advertise. The beret is awesome. Mm-hmm. Like I'm gonna be, I, I am, I'm hat intimidated. <laughs> but you've got, you've got that, that kind of cool. Well, I've got the cowboy hat and the Stormy Cromer, so it, I can, I can rely on either of those. I,
1: I call mine the dad hat. The dad hat. It's the floppy canvas, wide brim. Oh yeah, the, yeah. The dad hat, sure. The dad yeah, hat, totally. Yeah. You kids quit screwing
0: around (laughs) over there! I'm
1: mowing the lawn and I don't like sun. (laughs) (laughs) Wait a minute, wait a minute.
0: Aren't you, uh, well, in a couple years you'll be of that age where you have to mow the lawn with no shirt on. With the red arms.
1: arms. Yeah, with the red arms and the weird freaky old man muscles. I I am, so it it was just my birthday uh, the past couple days. (laughs) And uh, I am now officially within shooting range of 40. I am. I am on the countdown to forty. I'm sure nothing embarrassing or strange is going to happen to you next year. Shut up. <laughs> I will be leaving town for the entire month of April next year. Chuck's, Chuck's wife has already agreed to help us find him, no matter where he is. <laughs> you know, I was told I cannot have a midlife crisis next year.
0: You, what are you going to do? Buy a motorcycle? <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'll buy a big dog. <laughs>
0: Yeah, unfortunately we didn't get to ride the Big Dogs because we did go into the Big Dog dealer and talk to the guy and we're all talking Let's, up. let's talk about
1: that real fast. Oh yeah, dog. yeah. let's talk about Big dogs. So Big Dog, they're, uh, I guess Big Dog isn't in business? The big Dog went through uh, a forced bankruptcy. Their creditors leaned on him and said, we want to get paid today for all our shiny stuff. Mm-hmm. And Big Dog was like, no. <laughs> and so they've gone into bankruptcy. <laughs> um, the owner and founder of Big Dog... Has pulled what I'm going to call from now on the Eric Buell maneuver in honor of Eric Buell, Mm -hmm. who uh, once Harley killed Buell motorcycles, he promptly started Eric Buell racing Mm -hmm. with parts and, you know, producing parts for his bikes. Sure. His non competes up now, so he's producing a street bike. Ooh. Yeah, I hear tell there's a, I, I also hear tell there's a, there's a suspiciously adventurous sounding one coming down the pipe. Mm-hmm. So yeah, the big dog. He's he's started a new company called BDM, which I think uh, stands for bondage, domination, masochism. I can tell
0: you what it does not stand for. It does not stand for big dog masochism. <laughs> <laughs> because that
1: would be naughty. I think he's gone into the into the adult toy market mm. with the BDM bondage, domination, masochism. Big, big big dog wasn't already in the adult toy market. Oh, well, good point. You you look good on that bike, by the way. You,
0: you know the the one the one with the fairing, there. That thing is hot. That was
1: that was. Was weird. that the first time you've been on a big? dog? I
0: had never sat on a big dog before, and you know, you, you assume they're going to be like most choppers or most customs, which means a torture rack. You know, someone never thought about ergos. <laughs> yeah, they didn't thought about ergos because they're not actually going to ride it anywhere. They're going to fire it up in the garage for their friends and be like, oh, "It's really pretty." <laughs> and uh, uh, okay, let's let's go back. Let's go back to the snooker room um, <laughs> and play some bumper pool in my basement.
1: Um, Are you making fun of my basement? No, no, they're <laughs> jealous of your basement. So, you know, I've sat on big dogs before, because, like I said before, my friend loved the big dogs, so mm-hmm. we always went down lunch and we'd we'd sit on them because we couldn't ride them. No, <laughs> no,
0: there's no, and I, I was I was I chatted the guy up, and we're all talking, and I talked we to him tried. about the Ural, and and I'm like, so could we could we get out for a ride? He's like, oh yeah, you can totally ride these. I'm like, okay, cool. Let's uh, which which one can I ride? He's like, oh. Oh, you want to ride one of these now? <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> you want I'm to ride one of our, our bikes? Oh, you want our bikes to be ridden. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Are you buying one? Yeah, that was, you know, his, his take was when somebody gets to the point of being 100% sure they're going to buy the bike, and the test ride is the only missing part, then they can ride one.
1: After they, you know, sign away your organs.
0: Yeah, I can only
1: assume. Sign away your organs, get on a 10-year <laughs> mortgage. Did, did you see the label on the the one of the bikes? It was, uh, I,
0: I was sitting on one, and I was, it, was, it was one with a high front, and I'm sitting there, and I look over at the mirror, and it's got a little price tag on it. It's like thirty grand. I was like... <laughs> I put the bike over really
1: gently on its side stand and got off really carefully. The one I was looking at was like 240 a month times $144. So i am
0: doing math with my fingers. That's 12 years. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. Because a 10-year wasn't enough. No, no. Well, we'll have to we'll have to get Shadow Shack on the program sometime and we have the technology for internet interviews because he uh, friend of ours uh, okay an internet friend of ours <laughs> <laughs> um, Who, we've never uh, met him yeah, yeah I've na- talked to him on the phone yeah that's true yeah because when you were dead in Vegas he was the only person I knew in Vegas so I was yep. like, desperately trying to get a hold of him like uh, you, where where should Chuck do where where is Chuck dead now. <laughs> Yeah, we'll get him on here because he does he does some pretty heavy custom jobs on Honda Shadows, hence the name.
1: Mm. You know that whole area right there? It's like uh, it's a weird bike melting pot, right? Because it's yeah, you've through. got the you've got the Piaggio dealer, and yeah. then
0: next to that you have the big dog dealer, and then next to that you've got the BMW and Triumph. And a block down,
1: you've got the Harley.
0: Oh yeah, that's right. The Harley's right South Valley's the block. right
1: there. Yeah, so you know it's like fancy. MC You know, guys on GSs decked out with aluminum cans next to a guy in a leather vest Mm -hmm. and chaps. And they're parked at the light looking at each other. (laughs) You! (laughs) (laughs) We told you never to come back, gamer guy. (laughs) Now you're going to see what happens. Prepare to be audited. (laughs) And then the Beamer guy turns on the logo projection unit in the back of his jacket and blinds the Harley guy. (laughs) Ah! Just see what happens next time, Harley guy, when
0: you you want to try to finance something. (laughs) Isn't the payment due on that bike? Now, we're not saying all BMW guys are bankers and all Harley guys are accountants. Just most. Do you know of any that aren't? Well, one's a statistician. Do we know anyone with the Harley? Yeah, I know the Harley sells mining parts. Well, yeah. Mining? Mm. Of course, he rides around with my mother on the back, and yeah, let's not go down there. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be broadcast to the world. <laughs> yeah, I mean, not that not that my whole family isn't a bunch of very calm people who are very uh, soft spoken by nature, and we're we're you know we're a we're a quiet lot. Yeah, not so much. <laughs> 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 All right. We really need to talk about big trips because let's face it, big trips are really like why we buy motorcycles. It's why, it's why it's I buy it's,
1: motorcycles. Yeah, like we said, it's the big dream to go mm. on, the, be on. You know, look at the cover of Touratech catalog. Yeah, you Tour want Tech. to be on an open road. Touratech is selling this stuff with an elephant on that one. Yeah, which I have to admit is sort of cool. And would be a neat picture. You know, the, the next picture of this is probably the bike over on its side, <laughs> the <laughs> elephant standing all over. It. <laughs> 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 There's probably elephant repellent in this Touratech catalog somewhere. What you what you can't see is the guy on the bike inside his full face helmet is going shit, 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 <laughs> shit, shit. shit, shit. <laughs> should,
0: should I think we should read a little? Okay,
1: let's start with the let's start with the a Touratech accessory, the Engine Guard BMW G four five zero X. There will be a test later on that number. The guard for the G450X engine housing can withstand the worst conditions imaginable. Elephants. Made from 3mm thick, high-strength aluminum. The attractively shaped engine guard will cope with almost anything, including elephants, Enduro Life can throw at it. Decoupling the front bracket increases protection at one of the most vulnerable points. Impacts and hard bottoming out are no longer a cause for concern. Which is good because elephants like to throw your bike. Yeah. Another advantage over the original plastic guard is the flat supporting surface on the Tourtech engine guard. This allows you to safely support the BMW Sport Enduro on an any stand. <laughs> <laughs> or an elephant. <laughs> the well thought out design and extremely high level of protection afforded by the engine guard were recently demonstrated by. an elephant. <laughs> in the Welsh 12R Extreme Enduro Dawn to Dusk. I have a question. Yes. Why was there an elephant in Wales? <laughs> <laughs> because it's part of the enduro life. Oh, right. Yes, elephants. It's not cool enduro unless there's an elephant trying to kill you. Well, we suck. Yeah. But the next big trip we're going to take is totally slower to Durango.
0: So the basic notion of Durango is we're going to meet up there with a bunch of our friends from a site we both frequent um, called beginnerbikers.org. <laughs> on the internet. Internet friends. <laughs> yeah. um, said the guys who have a radio show on the internet, on the internet. <laughs> with nerd in the title. Um, if you haven't picked up on this, we're nerds. Also, if you hadn't picked up on this, you may want to see a specialist. <laughs> so you got the idea in your head you want to do a big trip. Mm-hmm. Probably already with a, like, a destination or a theme in mind. I mean, if you're just thinking, let's ride far, you could ride to, you know, Kansas
1: City. Right. The idea that you approach a trip with is important. This is something I think uh, I've noticed. Actually, when we talk about planning trips ourselves, mm-hmm. like when I planned the Man Ride last year yeah. or the Man Ride Two this year, mm-hmm. Electric Boogaloo. Oh my god! <laughs> you know, I look at a map and I pick out where I want to go. Yeah, there's places I want to see. There's mm-hmm. de- I have a destination in mind. Yeah, well, several destinations that I want, st- and I string them together. Mm-hmm. Yep, yeah. makes sense. With you, what I I noticed with our trip planning last year with the Idiots Ride to Rockies mm-hmm. and this year with Slow Out, is you're, you're familiar enough with the area, you're picking out roads. You're picking out what you want to ride. The destination isn't as important to you, but the ride is. Yeah. My general
0: kind of planning doesn't, and I do have things I want to see sometimes, but I guess all the traveling I've done, and a lot of it's been my, my fiancé and I basically do nothing but car camp and do trips in the car. The thing I've discovered is if you plan too carefully, apart from here are things I would like to see, then you miss a lot of stuff. So, Mm -hmm. take our idiots ride the Rockies. I had a few things we wanted to see. I really wanted us to ride over um, Rocky Mountain National Park. Right. Because it's just cool as shit and we still need to do that. Um, I wanted to go up to the Snowy Range because the camping's good there. Um, I thought it would be neat to go to Grand Mesa because everybody says it's cool and Mm -hmm. go over a couple of passes. Now keep in mind, I've just added a number of things together which are basically impossible to do in the amount of time we had. Right. Some of the worst trips of my life are ones where I had to just go for broke and keep going for miles and miles and miles after I was already done with it. Yep. You know? Yeah. No, that's just, that's, that's That's, that's really not fun.
1: No, I mean, if you want to do that, go to work. I mean, if you're, if you're looking at a trip where you're planning and you, and you realize, hey, this last day we've got to cover 900 miles to make it, yeah, like, it just doesn't track. That, that becomes a whole mountain of work. Yeah, you know, shit happens, but... Yeah, so you got to do it. Yeah, sometimes, sometimes. you got to, but uh, I just... Why I, plan for that? Right, exactly my point. You know, I want that to be the, the, you know, something's gone weird. Right, and, you know, and that actually, I mean, that skips a whole bunch of topics we were going to talk about in order, but that goes to the contingency plan. Oh, yeah. you You know, with the man ride, I planned out... Man ride was basically, I was going to ride around Nevada with my friend, Kevin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's he has a 250 had he's he's got a new bike now. He had a 250 cc hill sun cruiser, mm-hmm. so he wasn't going fast anywhere. <laughs> so the idea, uh, you know, he lives in Henderson, Vegas. Mm-hmm. So the idea mm-hmm. was we were just going to tool around Nevada. Nevada is basically once you're you know you screw the whole Vegas half of the, of the sure. state, you've got two roads mm-hmm. basically that you can do a giant loop on, and at any point there's a bunch of crossroads that connect them. Sure. So the whole idea was we would start out on one, mm-hmm. and we bail out at any time if we can't. You know, yep. if we can make it to Reno, cool. If not, we can cut across and, That's and cool. see it. And that worked out really well because there was a lot of problems on the man ride. Yeah. Well, and you know things
0: things happen that are problems. Um, the thing I've hit is that I hate I hate not being able to stop. And this this is where contingency really comes in. If you have a if you have three days, you come up with like six or seven days' worth of cool crap that you could potentially go see over there. And then you can choose, like, based upon your mood. Um, mm-hmm. The thing that happened to me was I was up in, uh, we were in eastern Washington. I didn't have any idea that Yakima was wine country. And it is good wine country over there. So we were heading to Rainier, and the plan was to hit Rainier that day. And, you know, from Yakima to Rainier is still quite a bit of driving. But we were we were in the wine country, and we're like, wow, this is... Um, this is really cool, actually. So, because we had, you know, given ourselves, you know, we had options, we could pick them. So we said, all right, let's just fart around one country all afternoon. Sure. Yeah. Just, what the hell, right? Ended up
1: going really well. Yeah, basically, when you're on a trip, you, you want to have your map. You don't want a timetable written down oh, on your God, map no, that you yeah. got to keep. Just the, the, the timetable trips suck all the
0: fun out of it. No, on the other hand, you also don't want the unplanned trip.
1: Like Completely the complete, unplanned. The complete cowboy trip. The, those... Yeah, unless that's what you really want to do. Yeah, I could. See, I could see me doing that. Yeah, well, if
0: you're if you you by yourself, that might be okay. But I mean, at that point, really, all it is, I'm going to go out in this direction. I'm going to see what's there. And right. If I see yeah. something cool, I'm going to do it. Right. 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 I do that in afternoon. I mean, that'd be fun. Yeah. But like, yeah, it's the minute you have more than one person having no plan at all mm-hmm. becomes tricky.
1: Yeah, yeah. Especially if you're one of you is starting out in Henderson and the other one's starting out in Salt Lake and you're trying to meet at a point and he doesn't make it the first day. <laughs> and there you are in Nevada. There you are in Ely, Nevada. Mm, beautiful Ely, Nevada. There's brothels there. Yeah. <laughs> I'd never seen a real brothel. Oh, okay. So that was uh that was actually on my list of things to, to look at. <laughs> I'm just imagining it. Chuck walks into a brothel and starts taking pictures. Wow, this is your real brothel, this is so <laughs> cool. Can I take a picture with the hooker? Are you out <laughs> No, I I, I I didn't have the nerve to go in the brothel. <laughs> the brothel and Ely, the two brothels, are uh Intimidating. They're kind of yeah. I don't know what you exp- I don't know what you picture when you think of a brothel. Big Bonds in Northern Michigan. But go on. Okay, this wasn't big, and it, and uh,
0: it oh no, Big Bonds isn't big. Oh, Bond Big Bonds. Is big. Oh, I thought
1: you said Big Barn. No, no, Big Bond. Oh, Big Barn. Okay, no. <laughs> big Bond has a website now. <laughs> okay. Well, <laughs> one of the brothel looks like a, a bunch of uh, single and double wide trailers tacked together. Oh god. And okay, the well. other one's in a walden compound. They so mean, if you'll if you'll forgive the
0: um you'll forgive the term it's a hooker castle.
1: <laughs> With the hooker moat. <laughs> the moat of hookers. <laughs> Lay siege to the hooker moat. <laughs> Swim across. Yes sir! <laughs> he didn't make it. There's another.
0: Okay. <laughs> <laughs>
1: And, you know, I was there in Ely. It was Thursday, middle of the week, afternoon. And I'm just thinking, how good could the hooker be Thursday afternoon?
0: (laughs) Oh, my God. I hadn't even thought of that. When do they have the B-team hookers on, dude? (laughs) (laughs) So so he eventually he
1: eventually caught up with you and you're able to do some ride. Well, we had to come. That's where the contingency planning came in because we had I had to call him on the phone. I'd like to actually get him on Skype sometime and we'll Mm -hmm. do maybe we'll do our first interview with him maybe because there are some weird stories from Man Ride. Cool. That uh, that they're 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 worth telling. But yeah, we we ended up having instead of meeting in Ely, Nevada, which was the original plan, we met at a point on the map that we just pointed at. Cool and. So I'm, I'm hearing, I'm hearing that the theme here: plan some, but plan loose. Expect things to go wrong, yeah. and, and don't let it bother
0: you. Yeah, that, that, that's a good one.
1: Don't let like it uh, if you lose them. your keys or something. Yeah. <laughs> Which you took really, really well. As, well, as know, hard the, as that trip started out, you. Well, were. and
0: that, that's a great example of don't take it too hard. You know, we're ready to go. We've already been delayed, so I have every right in the world to be cranky. Yes. And then his keys get, Chuck's keys get stolen, or lost, it, or lost, or God knows what. But it's like, okay, and what can I do about this right now?
1: Nothing. So yeah, you know, a lot, after contingency, you you want to be prepared, mm-hmm. but you know, so, you you only have a, so much room on a bike. Yeah. So
0: let, let's talk about yeah, packing. Packing, packing oh, and God, Packing is hard. Now. I will say that I, I am the, the er example of how can I get just a little more luggage on this bike. My, you were doing two-up touring on one bike. Well, yeah, I was doing two-up touring on one bike. So the, the thing about it is, is is a bike can only hold so much, and if you have good-sized side cases and a big trunk and, like, a tank bag, for one person, if you have, like, small stuff, and we'll actually talk about small stuff in a minute, that's totally doable. Like, I had I had all the space in the world when you and I went, and it was just me on my bike. Yeah. When it's me and the fiancé on that bike, I mean, the 100-plus the liters of space really goes really fast. Because keep in mind, 100-plus liters, if you think of a suitcase, we're talking about, like, a medium-sized suitcase. So, could you and your dearest friend get into a single medium-sized suitcase?
1: No. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So... <laughs> So yeah. yeah, my wife and Sophie, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, no. The kid forget. It. I mean, the kid buy a trailer. <laughs> but so so or, or euro, yeah. So
0: or, or a sidecar, yeah. So so, do you have a philosophy you use for packing? Because I do, but I want to hear yours.
1: Um, you know, uh, every time I pack the bike, I always go back to uh, my Boy Scout thinking, mm-hmm. where I was living out of a backpack. Yeah. So I try to approach it that way, except. You're not carrying it on your back. So mm-hmm. weight isn't the huge concern. It's yes. space. That's a really funny thing
0: about it with a bike. Because when you're packing a bike, it's exactly like you say. I, I don't care how much it weighs. I just want it small.
1: Yeah. You just so, want you know, it to the fit. And, and, you know, you get some straps. You get some rope. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't have to live in the case. If you, especially if you don't have somebody with you. You've got a lot of room oh, yeah. to play with back seat, if you're by yourself. Can a lot of crap. And like some of it has to do with whether you're camping or hoteling,
0: too. That's right, that makes a big difference. Yeah, because camping, you immediately add a lot of crap. Yeah. Without fail.
1: Yeah, yeah, especially, you know, if you're not the, the Uber camper guy <laughs> buying your stuff from... You the know, place you work. The place you work, <laughs> where you got access to top of the line, most advanced. I don't have
0: a problem about buying gear, Chuck. I can do <laughs> as much as I want, anytime I want. It's not a problem at all.
1: Leave me alone. Where You, know, you, you don't know, know me. Where you can throw a small softball-sized bundle into the air, and it unfolds into an airstream. <laughs> it's not quite that bad. <laughs> <laughs> kind of the key thing with camping is a lot of the...
0: The stuff you have for backpacking that's small and light and you know, packs really dinky is great for bikes too. It's yeah. fantastic. I
1: always I always go to the camping part of the sites mm-hmm. that are for like the ultra light or the ultra minimalist Yep. Because some of that's just cool as shit. Oh yeah. <laughs>
0: some of the stuff, stuff is really neat, especially the modern tent designs are so great. Yeah. Um I don't know if I ever did I ever have you hold the, the my newest tent no. as these hub as this hub pole system. And you pick up the poles, and you're like, oh, shit, they only gave me half the poles. Because it's that light. Oh, wow. It's amazing. And they're stiff, and they're nice, too. So the technology is marching on in very good ways in the world of tents and camping and sleeping bags and so forth.
1: Yeah, every time I've put up a tent so far, Todd has laughed.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, in fairness, you put up a fiberglass pole. So let's talk about tents for a second. Because your tent, realistically, is going to be a big, big... Difference between being wet and miserable and unhappy, and in a little tiny space, or being comfy.
1: And if you haven't tried motorcycle camping, you really should. You yeah, really ought to it's, do it once, it's great. at least. Oh, totally. I mean, hoteling it is okay. Yeah. But well, some of that may be the
0: road between. I mean, I can certainly see the advantages of hoteling.
1: Yeah. And and periodically, you you
0: just want a shower. If you're me, you really want a shower. Periodically. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. It's not yeah terrible. Um but, yeah, I, I, I like the camping better because, it's A, it's more versatile. You never have to make reservations for camping. Now, now I will caveat this. A lot of people seem to feel they do. You
1: know? Yeah, aren't the the whole national parks thing... The
0: national parks system, you have to pay for a site and stuff, but uh, some of them you can get reservations in. Now, in fairness, if you're going somewhere really popular, reservations aren't a bad idea. Mm-hmm. The trouble with the reservations is just like we talked about before. You can't plan loose if you have reservations.
1: Right. And, you know, look ahead. Plan ahead. Uh, do a little research. One thing I, I found out when I was playing the man ride mm-hmm. is uh, BLM land, which is most of Nevada, mm-hmm. you can just camp. Yep. You yep. can just pull, pull off right over the road, or, or, or yeah. Yeah, get 20 feet away from the road or something, and just pitch a tent. If you're not living there, they're okay with it.
0: Yep. Yeah,
1: it's easy. I mean, national forests
0: in most places are the same way. You get so far off a road, and it's usually, you know, basically, be, you know, frankly, you don't want to camp so close to the road you can see the road anyway, Right. So you yeah. just pull off the road enough and you find yourself an inviting-looking spot and in camp.
1: Yeah, and th- that feels really good when you do that. It's a, it's it's a it's a satisfying
0: kind of thing,
1: especially if it feels like you found a, a place that. Not many other people have been. Yeah, like it's your secret special spot. Yeah, with a pile of wood that doesn't burn. And then people heard cows through it in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> on on
0: three-wheelers. Four-wheelers. <laughs> Four-wheelers, yeah. Is, I was, I was, this happened to Chuck and I on our ride. They had nice looking campgrounds that were all set up. And were, you know, like, campgrounds, map campgrounds, yeah. map campgrounds with, you know, where they, you're guaranteed a flat tent spot. Yeah. You have an actual toilet, which, you know yeah it be get, nice you got water you got you can get water if you need it, you know that kind of stuff so there there there's advantages to those and i i will say most of the time i tend to i tend to camp in prepared campgrounds- mm-hmm. because as
1: an alternative to a hotel you're not giving up much no and it's really nice set up set downs easy you don't mm-hmm. have to worry about a whole lot yeah yeah so that that's bears. cool
0: yeah well you're still bears to too <laughs> bears 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 do not uh, observe
1: properly. <laughs> They're not noted for their purpose of uh, of, of deeds. In fact, it's probably, you know, the campground is more attractive to the bear. Interesting point. If you're in a campground, the bears and raccoons are a little more attracted to those because there's more people
0: with food and interesting smelling things there. Coolers laid out. Yeah, coolers (laughs) laid out. But so, the options are there for camping. You know, don't 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 limit yourself to one or the other exclusively, because you're again, that's you know, now you're limiting yourself. Now you're making you're making life hard on yourself for no yeah. reason.
1: But you want to prepare. So you, when you're picking out a tent, you know, let's go back to that. You're yeah. talking about the back
0: tent. to the tent. So the, the the key thing you're looking for with a tent is you're looking for one which is a going to be big enough for you, and if you have a passenger to go in. My general rule of thumb is I will if if a tent says two people. Lies <laughs> i will I will always pick a tent one person you know air quotes, person bigger than the people I have with me. Some people go as many as two um our friends uh, John and Julia do a tent that's a four person tent for them so that they can pull all of their gear and crap inside with them
1: yeah because you're on a bike you have you 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 are wearing all your gear right, your helmet and, and your wear gear, yeah, wear gear all yeah, but that stuff's bulky, so when you're in a tent with it you
0: yeah, it gets old fast. We had a, we had an old North Face tent that was a funny trapezoidal shape. Like your library room. Um, <laughs> Chuck has a trapezoidal house. Um, <laughs> anyway, we had this old North Face tent that was kind of a funny trapezoidal shape. And if you got into it, you uh, had your helmet, you know, kind of like in the sleeping bag with you, curled, you're curled around it. And that doesn't head.
1: sound comfortable. No,
0: it's not. You know, armor and helmets are not the most comfortable thing to get on. Although, I will say a back pad on... A jacket um, can be an okay pillow if you like put like a t shirt over it.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, because you got your support, and mm-hmm. they just need to pat it down. Yeah, you know? yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. But
0: yeah, so you want a tent big enough to fit you and your partner stuff. and all your crap. Yeah,
1: because you're going to have a lot of stuff. You will
0: have crap. Vestibules are your friends. We like vestibules. We like saying vestibule. Vestibule. <laughs> vestibule. You know, I know this word and it has a lot of syllables. Clearly, I'm very educated. Well, tell us why. Why what? Why have the vestibule? Oh, why have the vestibules? The vestibule is that little space kind of outside the door of the actual tent, but still under the cover of the rain fly. Right. That's where you put stuff like, we'll just say totally hypothetically if you have a pair of boots that smells absolutely unholy. Never um, heard of that. No, me neither. Um, I smell like roses all the time. Mm-hmm. I've heard that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> obviously not from anyone I know. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's why I pitched my tent, you know, like a hundred yards away. Good (laughs) plan.
0: Well, yeah, so you put your stinky stuff out there in the vestibule. You can throw your jacket out there in the vestibule, and it'll be fine, because it's basically protected from rain. Mm. You know, it's not protected from bugs, but who gives a crap? I don't like bugs. I don't either, but... So, yeah, that's the big thing the tent. The the size is the other thing. Find out how the tent packs, and how it goes up. Oh, yeah. The ultimate in tent tricks. First off, always, 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 and I can't stress this enough, always... I know that you can't actually have more always, but I'm going with it anyway. Okay. Put up your tent at home before you're out oh, on the road. Oh, yes. Do it at least once. <laughs> oh, you, you, and, and, and if you've ever been to a campground, you have seen the people who fail to do that. And it gets funnier with each passing minute of them fumbling.
1: And because it's always after dark when they try. Oh,
0: sure. Yeah. Yeah, because in an ideal situation, you'll get to your tent, you know, your tent spot, and you'll get there, you know, late afternoon. Yeah. And you'll you'll set up your tent in the light, and you'll figure it out, and you'll be fine. Yep. After a little bit of fumbling, but whatever. Unfortunately, that's Because how
1: hard could a tent be to put up? Oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> the answer is hard. Yeah. Um, especially if you've never done it before. It's dark. And I don't you're know about hungry. you, but by the... Yeah, you're hungry, and I don't know about you, but by the time I get riding for a day, I'm pretty thrashed. Oh, yeah. I'm ready for a sit-down. Yes. Not a, not a let's put a tent up. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's read this manual written yeah. by someone who knows <laughs> Russian, and it's Chinese. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, yeah. Hey, put up your tent at home. So, the other trick you can do, which is really great, that gets you a ton of space, tents will come with their own bag. And the bag holds the tent and pulls. Yep,
1: nice in, big bag.
0: Yeah, a nice big, long, annoying-to-pack shape, which is usually like two inches longer than you can get into your luggage. Right. I usually strap that across the back of the seat. Yeah, that, that's certainly one way to do it if you have the whole tent bag. In my case, I like to have the tent inside my luggage, because if my tent and my sleeping bag get wet, I am not a happy guy. Mm. I am... I am... Someone is getting going to get hurt. I I don't like life. So here's what you do. Take out the stakes, the little stake bag that comes to your tent. Take out the pole bag that comes to your tent. If your poles get wet, it doesn't matter. So strap those poles on somewhere on the bike. Like Chuck's talking about doing with this whole tent, you can strap just the poles by themselves to, I don't know, I strap them under the little weird corner of my gibby case.
1: You know what I was thinking of doing, and this is probably stupid, so... Feel free to... Do, do tell. Feel free to pull that card out, because uh, I've actually... Stupid. Been the, the flo- <laughs> oh, oh, you meant later once you started talking. <laughs> Go ahead. Oh. I meant to float this idea about you before. What I was thinking of doing was buying a length of PVC pipe, mm-hmm. sealing one end, yep. drilling a couple holes, attaching it to the frame mm-hmm. of uh, my, sure. my luggage. Opposite the... Uh, opposite where you have a pipe? Oh, well, no. I was actually thinking of underneath the trunk. Oh, okay. And have that be the tent pole holder.
0: Yeah, that could work. The guys with the Weestroms actually do something very much like that. Because the Weestrom only has a pipe on one side. Um, So what they do is they do exactly like you're describing. They make a PVC tool tube like that. Mm -hmm. And they attach it where a pipe would be on the opposite side. Okay. Um, And they put like tools and crap like that. Yeah, Yeah. So it sounds like a good idea, actually.
1: And what I do with the tent that I, you know, since I've got the tent outside, mm. is uh, inside the tent bag I put a plastic, ba- a trash bag, and I yeah, pack the a tent into that. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. Plastic bags are your friends. Bring yeah, a plastic. whole bunch of Ziploc bags and put your socks in them. When you're packing for motorcycle and you've got anything outside, always assume that you're going to run into rain. Yeah. So everything should be in plastic.
0: Yeah. No one. Lots of people are like, "Man, we ran into rain, and I wish we'd had some garbage bags." I'm not aware of anyone who's ever mm-hmm. been like. Well, we didn't see any rain. I sure wish we hadn't made sure we were okay for it just in case because
1: now we're doomed. Our stuff got dry. I mean, the fancy dry bags, they're real popular. Mm-hmm. That they, they work really swell. Yep, they but, do. But, you know, you, you put a, a trash bag, a hefty trash bag inside your regular stuff sack and you're dry. You're good to go. Yeah, you're dry. Yep. Yeah, and that actually brings up the point of the stuff
0: sack. So once you've taken the poles out, the tent bag's too big, right? So, oh, yeah. what you do is you get a compression sack, and you've seen these, and since we're talking about motorcycles, you want small, so you get a compression sack. And then the compression sack has straps to let you squish everything in it down, um, put your tent into a compression sack. Now your tent, instead of being, you know, two feet long and six inches round, is a little kind of, like,
1: basketball-y size thing, or yeah. usually smaller. And it'll fit in a side it'll face. fit all
0: sorts of crazy places, yeah.
1: yeah. You know, I was when, I, when I've been buying these, because I've been buying a lot of tents, the past year or so. <laughs> I had nothing to do with that. Yeah, no. But uh, the first thing I've been doing, besides pitching in, in the living room, mm-hmm. which, you know, if you have kids, they love that. Oh, yeah. Is, oh, you're the best dad ever. Oh, yeah. Is uh, I take the stakes and I immediately throw them throw as far them away out <laughs> as <laughs> I can. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. The aluminum J
0: stakes. I had forgotten to take those out of my really small tent. And the fiance took it on a field
1: trip. And she got back and she was like, we need new tent. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what it is. it is. It doesn't matter, I think. Who makes a tent, how good it is, how premium it is, they will pick the worst stakes ever to pack with it. A couple
0: of exceptions have actually come up in the last couple of years. But by and large, you're right. You get these awful aluminum J-shaped stakes, which bend, will bend and break the first time you try to do anything with them.
1: You could hit them with a feather and they will bend.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, totally. Like I've, i I
1: uh, I think I've, uh Yuri Geller uses them in his show, you know the bending spoons. He does yeah. the, the sticks because they're 10 just 10 so easy. He, just, he blows on them hard. <laughs> yeah, so if you if you have
0: aluminum J sticks, throw them as far as you can. Get rid of them. Invest so, in sticks. Yeah. Go over to RAI Backcountry wherever. Get yourself a set of like nice MSR aluminum stakes. Uh, do do be warned that the nice the nice metal stakes um are razor sharp on <laughs> So, so you've been warned on that count. But they're so worth it. Oh, and, and it'll be
1: one of those things that you, you will either bless us or you'll curse yourself when you're trying to put up that tent at 6 o'clock. Clink, clink, crunch. Oh, God. All the nerds told
0: me to get these <laughs> And I didn't listen.
1: Why didn't I listen? And I've never put this tent up before. <laughs> and,
0: the, and then the bears come and eat you. Yeah, yeah. And your, your family's inside the tent going,
1: what's happening?
0: Yeah. <laughs> so so tents, sleeping bags are the other important thing. If you're if you're going to spend a lot of money on camping stuff, god buy the nicest tent you can get and totally buy the nicest sleeping bag.
1: See, I would put the pad pretty high up there too. Yeah, that's a good point, buy. A good path. So sleeping
0: sleeping stuff in general I think probably counts in this category
1: cuz comfort you you've got to be yeah. it's got to be something you can sleep on. It's yeah. hard enough to to sleep the first night camping anyway. Sure, yeah, yeah cuz you're still adjusting to being in this tent thing. Yeah, why make it wor- worse with Yeah, crap.
0: Yeah, you're going to be extra crap the next day if you don't sleep well. So anything sleeping involved but, the nicest thing you can find. And that doesn't mean the most expensive, necessarily. Well, what, do you, what, do you, what do you like for sleeping bags? Okay, so for sleeping bags, I don't think you can do better than Big Agnes. So Big Agnes has this great system. They're this company in Steamboat Springs. So Big Agnes's thing is they have a sleeping bag which then has a sleeve in it. And you put a pad into the sleeve. So mm-hmm. basically, you cannot roll off your pad. Your pad is part of the insulation, which means all the insulation on the bottom of your bag, and here's here's some insulation trivia. All insulation works the same way. It works by trapping air. Right. Right. So down traps a lot of air, and therefore it's very efficient insulation, unless it's wet. Unless it's wet. <laughs> um, but
1: you know, this don't get wet. Ones, don't ask me how I know that. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and <then> the synthetic <laughs> ones do the same thing; they trap air. But if you're on top of the insulation and you lie down on top of it and squish it flat, there's no for air to be trapped. So the insulation does crap.
1: Right. Yeah.
0: So the insulation that doesn't do anything for you, they take out and they put the pad in there instead. So it's less weight. I mean, the whole thing ends up being really nice and small, um, and you can't roll off it. And if you're like me and you're a side sleeper, that's just, there's nothing better.
1: All right. So, hey, you know, when you're looking at sleeping bags, you go into REI, you go uh-huh. into Cabela's, you're, yeah. you're looking on Backcountry, and you see a whole slew of sleeping bags, right? Oh, yeah. For, oh, like, crap-tons. all the rain. You know, I see sleeping bags that pack down to the size of softballs, mm-hmm. and you're like, wow, that would be really great. But yep. Do I want to just buy the bag that's got the coldest rating? Do I want to buy the bag that's uh, that's a tricky one that goes smallest? But
0: the key, the key thing you're looking for is a bag you can sleep in. That's I, and, and that's that sounds really asinine, but <laughs> you want a sleeping bag that you can sleep in. Also, me, your car should
1: have wheels. Let me write this down. Wow, you're a genius, Dad. <laughs> What's that big yellow ball in the sky? <laughs> it scares me. <laughs>
0: Okay, so so the the question is how do you... How, okay I've been given that completely useless advice how do you put it to work <laughs> I'll tell you what you do sleep in the bag like get get you know and most of these places have eighty bajillion bags yeah first thing you're gonna figure out is how cold does your bag need to be bags will have a temperature rating yeah um like forty fifteen zero or kind of that that that's the range
1: I've gotten you know you have one of each um, okay because you know if you you go in and you're in, if you're just you know some douche buying a bag. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying it's me, You're like. Well, I'll just get the zero bag because then I'll be good for everything.
0: Yep, yep. You'll be good for everything uh, except that you'll sweat your balls off. Yeah.
1: Um. So th- that's
0: that's one of the key things. Getting the super. And the other thing is the the warmer the bag is, the less it'll pack, and you will sweat a lot. Mm-hmm. So a, a zero bag with the side crack does not equal a fifteen degree bag because you have the air coming in the side, and the parts that aren't getting air are sweating. Right. I, I've 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 run afoul of this myself before. <laughs> um, the key thing is you're looking for a weight that's going to be appropriate for where you're camping. Now, reality check. For most people, something like a 30, 40-degree bag. If you're just camping in the summer and you're not camping in the mountains or freezing cold river valleys in Wyoming, um, the 40-degree bag will be good. I was rocking the 40-degree bag on our trip, but I camped in the mountains in a river valley Yeah, and froze my butt off. I right. wish I had the 15-degree bag for that. <laughs> So, like a forty or a fifteen is going to be good for most people. Zero, you're starting to get into like the edge of winter camping town, um, and winter camping is cold.
1: When I was uh, when I was doing the Boy Scout camping, and we had we would camp with the warmer bags, mm-hmm. and the, the rule of thumb then was, well, you can put on some layers and now help. That's a great point, actually. Now, now kind of compensate so if you are freezing your butt off in, in the river valley yeah you put on stuff
0: yeah throw you, some throw some layers on
1: yeah throw some thermals on your yeah. socks whatever totally and now that'll, that'll kind of offset you know you being a summer bag and you're mm-hmm. you're you're inappropriate camping somewhere
0: yeah if you don't have a really thin like beanie type hat like a wool like icebreaker or smart wool or you know something little beanie hat get one oh yeah because they're great. Because your head sticks out of your sleeping bag most of the time.
1: And a lot of heat's coming off your head. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. You get a lot of mileage out of one of those. Yeah. 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 But in, in general, you're looking for a bag that's going to be comfortable for you, too. So it's a good idea to take the bag down off the wall once you find the heat you're looking for and get in it. Most most places are used to this. Most REIs, you know, Cabela's kind of places expect you to do this. They have tables set up specifically so you can throw the bag down on it and pile into the bag and see what it feels like.
1: Mm. Uh, Unless you know, you take all your clothes off, and then they they start looking at you might funny. Feel ways about that? You know, <laughs> a little, a little extreme. I've got to get comfortable to try it. Yeah,
0: yeah. This is one of those things that it's a good idea to research a little bit, and yeah. find out what works for you. Because it may be that you're one of those people who are perfectly comfortable in a really like narrow mummy bag, in which case more power to you. I can't do it.
1: Yeah, it's too confining. for Yeah, me. I find
0: it way too claustrophobic. But I know people who do it. They'll they'll get these these stretch mummy bags. They have. Which are the ones that go down to the size of a baseball? Uh-oh. These are something else. I, I like, I sweat just thinking about them, um, and I don't mean sweat like I'm hot. I mean <laughs> sweat like, this is the sweat of feet. <laughs> <coughs> so find out what works for you. Yeah, and, you know?
1: and pick a good pad while you're there. Lie down on the pads they have. There's, uh, yeah. There's a multitude of different ways to comfort mm-hmm. yourself. Yep. Stuff yeah. you can blow up. Stuff that self inflates, mm-hmm. foam stuff. Yeah, try
0: them all. That's totally the way to go. You got to try it because don't you just don't want to screw around with sleeping? For me, the general rule of thumb is thicker is better. <laughs> <laughs> By and large, yeah, yeah, I would say so. I tend to use an inflatable pad, um, so it's you get you get quite a bit of thickness for quite
1: a small space. Thermarest makes really good pads for that.
0: Yeah, thermarest is good for well. So thermarest are not really entirely inflatable. Thermarests are self-inflating uh, right. foam-based pads. Yeah. Mine is a I got it's got a synthetic fill in it, and it's actually a blow it up yourself pad. Oh, okay. The next pad, Synmat. Um, which I think is just about the best patent.
1: Use a made. pump, or do you blow it up with your mouth? I or?
0: blow it up myself. Okay. Never let it be said so that I do not blow.
1: That's <laughs> why <laughs> so you come out of your tent with that smile. So I you. come out of my tent with a smile on my face, instead of a dazed look, with one, eye, one eye not pointing in the same direction as the other one. Yeah. <laughs> Breathing in a paper bag.
0: Yeah, totally. <laughs> that's why I always look dazed after putting my tent up. But, you know, it, it, the, the thing about that is, is that foam still has mass to it and space to it, so when you pack it down, it doesn't pack as small. <laughs> that actually, it brings up it brings up a good point, the overpacking tendency. So so we talk about all the cool gear you should get and all this neat crap you need to bring with you,
1: but... Yeah, there's you, an entire three-inch catalog here of stuff you can buy... Yes, that you've got to bring with you in order to go on a camping trip, except, you know what? You don't need it. You don't.
0: You could have a very good night camping with a uh, enough stuff to make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich and uh something to sleep in, yeah cool. We should note about hotels a little bit too because we don't uh, now we i will I will say straight up we have a major bias for camping, yeah um, we think camping on motorcycles is about the coolest damn thing ever, yes, not all our friends feel that way no no it's fair point that. Hotels make a lot more sense in a lot of ways. You don't have to bring this food. You don't have to bring your sleeping bag and bring your tent and all that crap. And frankly, even if you're camping, if you're out for many days on a bike, um, the example would be when I was uh, out in Colorado. We we had one day where we were trying to get a campsite around Granby, Colorado, which is uh, kind of fairly near Denver. The trouble is it was the last weekend before school started in Denver. You could not get a campsite for love or money anywhere (laughs) around Denver. And I'm talking within hundreds of miles of Denver. There were no campsites to be had. So a good contingency plan, even if you're camping, is have a credit card. Yeah. hotel.
1: Yeah. You know. Or even if you're prepared for it, sometimes you just don't want to stay out in the 18 degree. Yeah. That's an excellent... (laughs) Then why do it? Then why do (laughs) it? Exactly.
0: And if you just feel like a hotel, like you want a shower and you want to watch Animal Planet... Oh yeah, the dolphins. Oh yeah. Oh, I love it. I, I go to I go to hotels and I watch nothing but Animal Planet. <laughs> but so hotels. Um, and I guess the with hotels it's a little easier, just
1: because you're you're not so worried about what you're going to bring for the hotel. Mm-hmm. Um, bring money. You know what my biggest peeve is? Is uh, you pack your bike, you're planning to to camp, mm-hmm. but you have to hotel it. Mm-hmm. So That's now you crazy. have a bike. Filled with camp gear. Crap. That you have to carry into a hotel room. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that is pretty annoying. That's for me that's the worst part. Well,
0: you know, there's a trick to that actually. This is this is the this is not approved by any hotel chain I'm aware of, trick. But unless your bike is really, really wide, you can usually take the luggage off the bike and get it through a doorway. So if you get a first floor room Get the bike through a doorway? Yeah. You can get your bike into the room with you. This is particularly good if you're at a really sketchy hotel. Yeah. Because um, now you don't have to worry about it. There's your yeah. the bike. Where am I parked? Oh, there it is. Yeah, so the the,
1: the motels with the doors mm-hmm. right next to, to yep. the parking no, lot. On, on the other hand, if your bike leaks oil, it's probably not a good idea to do that.
0: Also, the thing i found is uh, security is one I worry about. I'm probably just being paranoid, frankly. But I worry about, you know, how secure is my bike overnight. Most hotels will, I mean, think of of the design of your basic hotel. You've got a kind of the place where you pull through with the car and there's like a kind of an awning usually sort of. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a front desk. And outside the front desk, there's a big wide sidewalk for people to put suitcases on. I've asked several times and they've been cool with me parking right up there. Yeah, when the front desk person can see my bike all night. Yeah.
1: We should... Uh, so we went down to Piaggio today. Oh, yeah, the ride reports. We, we went down to uh, sort of Bike Central Utah.
0: Yeah, Bike Central. It was cool.
1: Is there a band? <laughs> <laughs> no, and no Bounce House either. Remember, folks, Bounce Houses. Not bands.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, we went in the Vespa place. Man, that guy saw me coming. So <laughs> the thing... I, I came on my Euro, and of course, the the... You're at a motorcycle place where motorcycle guys are. The Ural delay factor was at an all-time high. <laughs> I met, I ran into a guy who I've worked with and who was also one of my students and talked with him while Chuck slowly
1: made his way there. I took my time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I had to shower. I had to primp. Mm-hmm. I had to put my suit on. Yeah. I had to rub some dirt on my face to get that adventure look. Oh, yeah. Adventure. Adventure! Hmm. I can work in the adventure voice.
0: Adventure. Yeah, it's not working. Adventure. Mm, that's
1: good. Thank you. <laughs> Adventure Starbucks. Um, <laughs> time for a frappuccino. <laughs> so they they saw me
0: coming though and they, they started talking about the Ural with the guy in there. And I was talking about how I wanted to get a cup holder for it so I could put my coffee thermos in it on the way to work. And he just reaches behind the desk, pulls out a cup holder and drops it on the thing in front of me. I was like, Damn you. Sold. Damn you salesman guy. <laughs> <laughs> You've got me. With your excellent gadget. <laughs> you win this round, but there will be others. Which you will also probably
1: <laughs> What other gadgets does he have? So you bought a cup really holder for the Ural. I
0: bought a cup holder for the Ural. Yeah. So I can put my I could get coffee in the morning and put it in my sidecar and not have it tip over. And mind
1: you folks, pre pre Ural, the cup holder was one of our standby jokes about motorcycles. A standby joke about big touring bikes. You oh, got, you got a
0: cup holder on that? You <laughs> <laughs> put your Starbucks coffee. Put your Starbucks in.
1: <laughs> now I'm like, yes. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so the Piaggio Vespa dealer in uh, mm-hmm. Salt, Salt Lake, on yeah. the 90th, they're good guys. They're good people there. They let us ride the MP3. And what is the MP3? Oh, the MP3. Does so, it have a... a banging sound system that I can just listen to my (laughs) so no um
0: (laughs) however what the mp3 does have so the mp3 and you may have seen one of these before and if you did you know it because (laughs) it's weird looking so the mp3 has two wheels in front but it's not an actual like rigid three wheeler the two wheels in front tilt with the bike and they kind of gimbal with it yeah um so it rides like it's a two wheeler
1: you don't even notice that third wheel when you're... Yeah, it, it's mighty... It's mighty cool. We took it for a test drive. Both yes, of us. We did. Not both together. Us. We totally should have gotten a picture. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, you were on it first.
0: Yeah, so so I, I, I went out there, and I, I knew a little bit about this thing going into it. I, I've ridden scooters before, so I knew ahead of time that it was going to be the weird brakes, um, which you get used to fairly quickly. It's, yeah. you know Because it doesn't feel anything like a motorcycle. Um, this is a 400cc scooter, which is, you know, a pretty good engine is scooter. Like, that thing can move. It's a touring, it, it Oh, can cross-country yeah, totally. touring. Yeah, you could totally tour around this thing. Yep. Um, but, uh, so I hop on the thing and kind of get rolling and do a little things around the parking lot and kind of getting used to it. And he, so for the three-wheel thing, you can kind of tell something is a little not the same, but it's not much different. Like, it's very subtle. And then I went out on the road and got rolling with it, and I just completely forgot about the third wheel mm-hmm. at that point, because it's just, the thing rides great. It's weird, because I can't figure out whether it's big or small. It it not, it seems mostly small, but it's not sure what it wants to be. In any case, it handles great. Um, so I got out there on the road, and I rode around on it. Um, first thing I noticed about it was, there are points where you notice there's three wheels. Um, mostly when one wheel hits a bump and the other doesn't. Driveways. Yeah, driveways, things like that, because one wheel will touch before the other does. It didn't bother me all that much, though. I found because no. it was just the the it handles it really well. The suspension on it's great. Get up and go on it was wonderful. Mm-hmm. Um, I really I, I that was the biggest
1: scooter I've ever ridden. I it was that. very cool. I did uh, I took it to a parking lot mm-hmm. and I just started doing circles with it, tighter yep. and tighter, yeah, until I felt like I was yep. going to throw up. It's weird that the whole leaning of that thing is weird.
0: Yeah, yeah, like it, it doesn't. Um, it almost... I don't know how to describe it. It definitely wants to lean in. That was one thing I noticed about it, is it's not its not like, a, say, like a speed triple or something where it wants to recenter its own steering. Yeah. Like the steering, steering is happy to, like, fall into a turn. Yep. Um, you know, neither a good thing nor a bad thing, just a thing, but uh, it's happy to fall into a turn. And then you can sort of... I don't know. I still feel like I can feel something.
1: It, it is a weird feeling, because you're leaned in, but you know all three wheels are still on the ground. Yeah. And it's just... The bike that's doing it. Yeah. It's the bike. It's your body. But it's, you know. And
0: I wonder how much of that is just a mental thing. I'm thinking it's got to be a lot.
1: Yeah.
0: It has to be because it's just. Because at all the points where I was like not paying attention to the fact that, oh, my God, there's three wheels. It was just like riding a really good handling uh, bike. Yeah.
1: You don't, you don't feel like there's. And, and you know, the guy at the, at the dealer when you were out on your test ride and I was talking to him it was basically saying the same thing is that third wheel is there and it gives a lot of confidence to someone who might otherwise mm-hmm. not feel that on a scooter or on a bike, you sure. know, something made. They don't understand yeah. that physics and momentum yeah. keeps you up and you mm-hmm. won't fall. But you know, if you've got the three wheels, you, you can't fall, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you, you know, yeah. it's a mental thing. Sure. Yeah. Tell, tell me about your ride. So, you know, I, I took it out on the French road, and uh, I hit the parking lots. Mhm. And you know like I said I just did a lot of turns.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Until you threw up <laughs> into through the glove box. <laughs> so it does have it does have a glove box and a a bag. And a big hanger. trunk, yeah. Oh yeah, a huge trunk under the seat. Yeah.
1: But no, yeah, I did a lot of turns on it, a lot of circles, a lot of eights. And uh it just it feels nice and solid on the ground.
0: Yeah, it's really got a good grip. I I found did you uh, did you try any hard braking on it? Mm-mm. Uh, I did, to find out if that helped. I'll tell you what, that thing can stop. Yeah. Hardcore. Like, like oh, yeah. I was out there on that front edge road and got going, you know. Oh, I did notice one thing. It was great. It was like riding the Ural. Because I looked down at the speedometer and I'm like, I'm already going 80? That's impossible. This thing is amazing. I want one. And then I'm looking closer and I'm like, wait a minute. The inside numbers are smaller than the outside numbers. <laughs> <laughs> so it comes with a kilometer speedometer. Yes. Which is a little weird. But it makes you feel totally fast. Well, it's European. Yes. <laughs> they like kilometers. Yes, they do. Yeah. So I, I figured, okay, let's let's get on the brakes and see how well this thing really breaks. Man, that thing really breaks. Yeah. Those two front wheels, um, both with discs on them and the disc on the back, really, those things pull it down real fast from speed. Absolutely awesome brakes. Um, uncharacteristically good, good brakes for a scooter where
1: typically they tend to cheap out on the brakes because it's light and it's small. small, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I didn't even think about the brakes. I was just more... Well, I, I just kept turning on it. Yeah. yeah. Turning it and leaving it. <laughs> And every now and then I get to the point where I'm like, I'm going to fall over. I am going to fall. And I realize all three wheels are still on the ground. So you're not going to fall yet. You're not going to fall. You're you're, you're not even really Yeah, you're not even at the limits it. yet. Yeah. But you feel like you're just going to fall right off the damn thing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, that that's one thing that's very different in driving the scooter. And this is very much a scooter. And you would not mistake it for anything else. There's nothing in the middle to grip your legs with. Although... Yeah. You found a little... Yeah, there's a little, the thing that I really, this was great, because I've never had a scooter with this before. There's a center channel down near the bottom where your footboards are. And the center channel is kind of like, has a little indent in it, so you can sort of grip it with your heels. Which, you know, if you ride horses is a bad thing to do. Um, In this case, it gives you something to hold on to to stay in the cockpit. So would you buy one? I would be very tempted to do so. As as like a commuter bike, or like a get-around-the-city kind of bike. Because that was the other thing about this that was cool. So in the city, one of the big problems you have riding around is there's crap everywhere. You know, there's manholes and there's holes and shit and there's all that. Yeah. I went whipping around one corner at the posted limit. Um, And (laughs) there was a big... (laughs) We don't speed, folks. No, we go at the posted limit all the time. All the time. Um, So I went around this corner and there was a weird, like, bump in the road. One wheel hit the bump and one didn't. And it felt weird for a second, but the thing kept tracking perfectly. Um, which was awesome. So this thing is really confidence inspiring and absolutely great on you know just like the weird, crappy, irregular terrain you'd have in a city. Mm-hmm. Um, loads of get up and go, and storage space from that trunk. Man, this thing would be an absolutely bitching ride in the city.
1: So you'd you you would take that over a two wheeler then? Scooter. I think I might.
0: It really, you know, it, it's weird and there's more moving parts, but I'll tell you what, it uh, it it does really good things for it. I think those those two front wheels
1: are really doing positive things for the scooter. I went down one of the roads that had uh, all the construction work going on and had the cones. Yep. And I was doing the MSF weave. The weave through the cones. <laughs> yeah. At I, speed I, and I that. don't know what you're talking about. I didn't do that at
0: all. <laughs> <laughs>
1: it wasn't fun, was it? No. No. That was actually where I hit the bump. <laughs> <laughs> so there's cones there for a reason, evidently. <laughs> yeah. <But laughs> Yeah, and so it but it handles great it is definitely confidence inspiring is is the hallmark of this bike it was yeah grips just amazingly and really i, I this is just fun as crap it, yeah it was a lot of fun i you know almost any bike we ride we ride's gonna be mm-hmm. fun and crap unless it's a scrambler mm-hmm. but uh yeah this bike was you know I, I'm, I'm kind of torn myself as to whether i would go with that or if i would just Go ahead and get a, a, a conventional scooter. Yeah,
0: and you know you know what maybe we
1: should have done? it. We should have ridden that and then a conventional scooter afterwards. That would have been smart. Because, uh, yeah, I mean, and another thing I, I'm thinking is, you know, is it worth the markup? Because you're going to be paying more for that, MP3. that is true. The MP3 is, is not Is cheap. that a third wheel worth it?
0: Yeah, I don't know. The thing is, really cool to ride in that extra grip you've got is a really big advantage. That's, that's a big improvement, I think.
1: But, but is it? I don't, I don't know. Would, would you pay for it? I think I would. Yeah.
0: I think I would take that over a conventional scooter. All right. Because the, the, the major things
1: I don't like about conventional scooters
0: have to do with the dinky little wheels, um, you know, with, with contact patches the size of your pinky finger.
1: <laughs> um, See, I don't have any scooter riding experience. so no, okay. Yeah. You know, in my head, I'm like, would I take this or a Nighthawk? Ah, that, that's a harder question. Although I
0: think I might still go for the MP3. The Nighthawk is certainly cheap. If I had the money for the MP3, yeah, I'd be really tempted for that. You got your big uh, glove box thing in the front,
1: yeah. Your purse holder, yeah. For your man purse. Yeah. Um, that yeah. The, 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 <laughs> the, if you haven't seen the Vespas, they they have this uh, hook thing right uh, coming off the front cowling. Grocery bags, man purses, man purses. purses. Man purses yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm thinking I could put my Corona ball cap on the hook. Yeah. yeah there you go. Yeah. You yeah. know you don't have to blow off. No, <laughs> I don't think the
0: Corona ball cap guys are riding MP3s, dude.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> but yeah, I, I I think it represents a significant improvement um, in terms of handling and grip. Hmm. Um, I really, it really feels good, and that's that's you know, I don't have any laboratory tests
1: to prove it, but I think I think I'd be tempted to do it. All right, well there you go. It's wheel nerd to prove. Wheel nerd to prove. Piaggio MP3. And you can tour on it. And Tour. You tour could on do the big trip. You could do the big trip.
0: On your MP3, you can go camping. <laughs>
1: yeah, that sounds like
0: a lot of fun. Actually, that wouldn't be too bad. I wonder if those two wheels would help on dirt. Any? It Doesn't seem like
1: they would. I I can't imagine it. Nice. That I, I I wonder. I wonder how they would handle like the rock. You know, like if we were on a gravel road or if, look for the piaggio MP3 dual sport test <laughs> in the future. <laughs> Scooters being noted for their excellent dual
0: sport test. <laughs> <course. laughs> My wheels are this big.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right, folks, that's it for this week. We're the Wheel Nerds. I'm Todd. And I'm Chuck. But I'd say for everyone. We'll catch you next time. If you like this podcast, you can find more like it at wheelnerds.com. This has been a Wheel Nerds production, all rights reserved. Readings from other sources are the property of their respective owners and are used with satirical intent.